Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Eunice? Eunice? Oh, Eunice. Hi. Hello, Laurie. Well, how are you? Fine. You look just like I remember. Well, how many bags do you have? Huh? Your bags. How many are there? Oh, just two. And this little makeup case. You have your baggage checks? Huh? Your baggage checks. You were given baggage checks when they put your luggage on the bus. Oh, I'm sure I have them somewhere. Oh, I'm so so excited seeing my own sister again after all these... Look in your purse. Huh? Your purse. Perhaps the tickets are in your purse. Oh, sure. Let me look. Do you happen to have dark glasses with you? Dark glasses? Uh, no. I, I never needed them. You don't get outside very much then when you... Then take mine. Huh? Put them on. Oh, no, no. It's all right. I can see put just... Put them on. Huh? And stop saying, huh? Yes, Eunice. Did I do something to make you mad? No, just find the baggage checks. Oh, I, I know I have them somewhere. Here, here they are. Oh, fine, give them to me. Oh, no, I'll come along and help I you can carry. manage. You see that brown station wagon there? Huh? The brown car next to the white van at the curb. Oh, that is my car. Now, will you go and sit in that car? Oh, can I help you? In the car, Loretta. And Loretta, keep the sunglasses on. And there is a brief glimpse of the reunion of Loretta and Eunice Barlow. Loretta, a young woman in her late 20s. Her sister Eunice, 10 years her senior. But a greater gulf than age separates these two women. Beyond the biological fact that they shared the same parents, no two human beings could be farther apart in personality, in culture, in experience, and most profoundly of all, in the roles fate has marked for them to play. I'll be back in a minute with tonight's crisis tale, Scene of the Crime. Now, scene of the crime. Oh, you have a nice apartment, Eunice. But, oh, it's so big, and, and you live here by yourself, and, and all this space... It's really rather a small apartment, Laurie. Well, it seems huge to me. It would, I suppose, to you. Here, I'll show you where you sleep. Uh, this is a... Hide a bit, a, a sofa that folds out into a bed. Okay. Of course, there's just one bathroom, so we'll have to share. Huh? Oh, listen, I'm used to sharing, believe me. Yes, I'm sure you must be. Oh, Eunice, I dreamed and dreamed of how it would be to be out. I still can't believe it. I just want to go for walks and see things and do things. Laurie, Laurie, I think we'd better get some things understood. Now, how do I say this? I... I don't want to hurt you, but, well, you may have... You evidently have put your past behind you. Perhaps you've managed to forget. But this town hasn't. You may have found a way to forgive yourself, but the town hasn't. And it won't. Well, that's why I was against your coming back here when you left prison. But since there was nobody else willing to make the... To make it possible for you to get started again, I had no choice but to volunteer. You are my sister, and... I expect to hold up my responsibilities. 
I really appreciate it, Eunice. It will not be easy. No. People will eventually recognize you. Oh, that, that's why you made me wear dark glasses. Well, we must be prepared to deal with hostility. Unless, of course, you, you should be able to find work in some other place, which, which I recommend you do. Okay. In the meantime, we'll have to make the best of a, a difficult situation. Well, maybe it won't be so bad. Well, I'll, I'll try to do everything just right. Very well. Now, now, to begin with, I leave for work at 7.15 every morning, and I get back at a quarter to six. That's over ten hours I'll be away from the apartment five days a week. Where do you work? For Benton Freight Lines. I, I'm the traffic manager. Now, what I'm saying, Laurie, is that you'll have a lot of time on your hands while I'm gone. Time and on I'm my ha- hands? Oh, Eunice, you don't know what it means to have time on your hands till you've done time. Now, that really is time that on your... That will be enough about doing time. Huh? I, I don't want to hear you mention it again. Anything connected with prison. I... I'm sorry. Now, if you let me finish, while I'm away, there will be plenty for you to do. Here. As you can see, I have a lot of books. This set here is a business course. It's a few years old now, but this is what put me in a position to get a good job, and I want you to start studying them. Well, I never was much good at studying. Yeah, you see, you just start with volume one, an introduction to principles of business. Very basic. At the end of each chapter, there's a test you can give yourself. Well, Eunice, I, I don't think... When I, I come home at night, we'll review what you've learned during the day. I'll give you all the help I can. But, Eunice, couldn't I maybe... What? Well, couldn't I maybe... I, I mean, go for walks now and then. Well, you don't know how bad it is not to be able to go anywhere or talk to anyone. Laurie, I want you to understand something here and now. If you expose yourself to the people of this town, you'll be an outcast. You'll be snubbed, ridiculed, insulted. You'll be marked as a murderess. But I... It's been bad enough for me. Huh? But uh, that's another story. No, Laurie, I'm trying to protect you. I don't want it to be known who you are. And there are plenty of people who will remember you and who'll remember the, the whole thing. Eunice, it wasn't murder. If it had been murder I was charged with, I couldn't have gotten out in eight years like I did. It'll be more like 20. We won't go into it. But we have to. If you're thinking I'm a murderess, then we have to talk about it. I will not go into it any further. You killed a man. You were convicted and sent to prison for it, and this town hasn't forgotten. But it was manslaughter, not murder. we won't discuss it. I was stoned. I I was out of my mind. That's enough. Whatever you say, Eunice. Whatever you say. Collateral. Collateral is any asset used to secure a loan. C O L. Uh oh. Yes? I'm looking for Miss Barlow. Oh, she's not home. Miss Loretta Barlow. Who is this? Is this Loretta Barlow? What do you want? My name is Mike Williams. I'm with the advertiser. The newspaper? That's right. I I can't talk to you. This is Loretta, right? Just go away. Miss Barlow, my newspaper is going to do a story on you about your getting out of prison. What? Well, you can't. I thought you might want a chance to say something. You know, check out the facts before we print it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not supposed to talk to anyone. Okay. That's how you want it. Wait. Are you still there? Yeah. Look... 
I don't want any story about me in the newspaper. Well, I'm sorry about that, but you happen to be news. Well, I don't want to be news. I've heard that before. Well, you are news, Loretta. Around here, anyway. Do you have to print it? If the editor says print it, we print it. Look, I'm giving you a chance, Loretta. Now, the paper's going to run a story about you whether you cooperate or not. If you're smart, you'll talk to us. Otherwise, the only thing we can do is print a rehash of the trial and like that. Hi, I'm Mike Williams. I don't want you to write about me. We'll talk about it. Uh, you want to talk out here in the hall or can we go inside? All right. Thanks. You know, even after eight years, you look very, very good. How would you know? I looked at the photos they took when you were standing trial. Look, please don't write about me. There's nothing that would interest anyone. I just want to start living a normal life. Can't you let me do that? Hey, I know how you feel. I don't blame you for being scared, but I promise you, I'm not going to do a hatchet job on you. This is what you would call human interest. So just relax. And tell me, how does it feel to be out? I mean, what's the biggest change you felt? Huh? I don't know. Well, I mean, like, the town changed much? People treating you okay? What are your reactions? I really can't help you, Mr. Williams. I, I don't know anything more about the town than I, than I can see from the window there. And the people? Well, you're the first person I've met. Well, haven't you been out of prison now for a week? Yes. Well, you haven't stayed inside all this time. Yes, I have. You haven't set a foot outside this apartment? Why? Look, I... I really don't want to talk about it. Oh, I see. You're afraid of what people will say, right? Well, wouldn't you be? Well, when are you going to face them? I mean, you can't stay in here forever. I don't know. Well, what do you think you'll do? I mean, what kind of a job are you after? Or, or is there a guy waiting for you? Look, I... How can I answer all your questions when I don't even know the answers myself? Yeah. Look, uh, I've got an idea. Suppose we go for a ride. Oh, no. Well, you don't have to meet anyone. Just a little ride around town. Hey, it must have changed a lot in eight years. No, no, I can't. We'll run over by your old school. Maybe drive past where you used to have a sandwich or something. I can't. I just can't. Well, who says you can't? My sister. My sister. Huh? I mean, you better go now. Your sister says you can't go out? Your sister Eunice? You know Eunice? No, I just looked up her address when I found out you were in town. What did Eunice tell you to do? Nothing. She she told me to study. Study? Study what? Look, you have to go. It's your sister now that's keeping you prisoner, isn't it? First the state for eight years, and now your sister. It's not like that. Eunice is trying to protect me. Is she? Or is she trying to hide you because she's ashamed of you? You've no right to talk like that. You don't know either one of us. Now you get out. Look, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said what I did. I'm sorry, okay? Just go. Okay. Okay. But if you change your mind... I won't change my mind. Now, goodbye. Crisis is presenting Scene of the Crime. We'll continue in just a minute. Now, back to Crisis. It's the evening of the same day now. Eunice has come home from work. The two sisters prepared and ate a small meal. And when the dishes were washed and put away, Eunice retires to her favorite rocking chair and her needlepoint, while Laurie is expected to continue her studies in the business school book. Eunice? Yes? It's Friday night. I'm aware of that. Do... Do you ever go out on Friday nights? On occasion. Well... 
Could we just do something? How far have you gotten on the business course? Huh? Oh, I'm, I'm on Chapter 3. Chapter 3? You've had five whole ten-hour days to do nothing but study. How can you be on Chapter 3? I... I guess I'm a slow reader. You're supposed to be preparing yourself to find a job, Loretta. That's what this is all about. Here, give me your book. I'll give you a little quiz and see what you've learned. Oh, not tonight, Eunice. Please, couldn't we just go for a ride somewhere? At the price of gas these days. Eunice, I've been out of prison a whole week now. And I feel like I'm still in. Lori, I have asked you repeatedly not to refer to prison. Why, Eunice? I'm the one that did time, not you. The things that happen in a women's prison happen to me, not you. They're my memories. And if it's a disgrace to do time, then it's my disgrace, not yours. Listen to yourself. You sound proud of it. Well, what do you want me to do? I paid the state eight years of my life. How much do you want? Loretta. There was this real hard case I knew in there. She'd been in and out of institutions all her life. And she's only happy when she's back in because of the way people treated her on the outside. She used to talk about that, and I couldn't understand. But now I do. I see. You want to pick up your life right where you left it, is that it? Well, you can't do it, not in this town. Jack Crandall may have been a worthless no account, but unfortunately he had friends. And you killed him. Society doesn't forget. Hello? Who is this? Just a moment. A Mike Williams wants to talk to you. Right. Do you know a Mike Williams? Yes. Yes, I know Mike Williams. Well, how did he know you're living here? Just just let me talk to him. Please. Loretta, this is my phone, and I'm entitled to know. Just hello. Loretta? I guess I did another dumb thing calling you when your sister's at home. No. No, that's all right. Look, I I really feel bad about this afternoon. You, uh, you want to pick me up tonight? Huh? Why, that'll be fine, Mike. Just great. Hey, do you mean that? Yes. Yes, of course I do. I'll be ready in in ten minutes. I'd love to go for that ride. I think I get the picture. All right, hold on. I'll be there in ten minutes sharp, and I've got an idea. Well, I'll tell you when I see you. Thank you, Mike. I'm looking forward to it. Bye. Who is he? I don't think you know him. Who is he? Someone I know. Well, how did you meet him? Did you know him? from before. Excuse me, Eunice. I have to get ready to go out. This is what I used to dream about. The night, the car, lights going by. Your sister know who I am? No. After what you told me about her, I don't think you'd better tell her I'm a reporter. Well, she'll find out when your story gets printed. There isn't going to be any story. There isn't? No. Why? I told the editor you moved. You did? Yeah. Why? To get him off my back and yours. Are you in trouble over that? No, of course not. Thank you. I figure I owed it to you after this afternoon. Well, then, if you're not going to write a story about me, why did you call tonight? Listen, Loretta... You can call me Lori. Lori. Okay, Lori. Listen, I did a lot of research. On me? Yeah. And? I read the transcript of your trial. See, I wasn't around when it all happened. I was 
still in high school then, downstate. But I read the transcript, and I read every word the paper printed about the case from beginning to end, about the drugs, uh, about Jack Crandall, how he got you hooked and then started dealing, how he jacked the price up higher and higher. Like a bad dream, like it never really happened. I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it. No. Well, what I'm saying is, the night you shot him, when he held out on you and, and you were out of your head... What about it? Where'd you get the gun? It was my father's gun. I know. That's what the prosecutor said, and they proved it. But, I mean, how did you get a hold of it? Well, I was living at home then. The folks were still alive, and... I went and got the gun, and... I guess I thought Crandall would be scared, but... He wasn't. He, he cursed at me. Do you remember pulling the trigger? I, I don't remember much of anything about that night. Try, Lori. You've got to try. Where are we going? No place in particular. Now, come on. Crandall won't sell you what you need, so... So? Why do we have to go through it all again? Please. If you're not going to write about it, why is it so important? You'll see. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I I know where we are. This is the road to the old farm. Where... Well, you met Crandall the night he was killed. Right. What are you coming out here for? I just thought seeing the old stable again would help bring back the details a little clearer. That's all. Don't be frightened. Oh, but I am frightened. Are you? Yes. Why? You haven't anything to be frightened of, Jack. Crandall is dead. You ought to know that better than anyone. Well, there's the old stable. Shall we get out and have a look around? No! Oh, come on, Laurie. I guess it's my reporter's instinct for accuracy. I want to see the spot where you shot Jack Crandall. Go on, get out. No! Laurie, humor me. The stable's empty. You don't believe in ghosts, do you? Come on! This is just the kind of spot that suited Jack Crandall. He'd, he'd, he'd go for the romance of an old abandoned stable. One thing about Jack, everything he did, he did with style. Even if it was slightly illegal, he did it with style. But you said you weren't around. Oh, I wasn't, Laurie. No, I, I was just finishing high school downstate, like, like I said. Then how do you know what Crandall was like? Because he was my brother. No. Your name is... Oh, oh I, I fibbed a little bit about that. My name isn't Mike Williams. It's Mike Crandall. Come on now, Lori. Let's go into the stable. No, no, wait, wait. There's a car coming. Huh? Well, well, look. They, they, they won't bother us. We're just a couple of a young couple trying to be alone. Get it? Come here. No. Well, shut up and hold still. Put your arms around me, or I'll shoot you right now. No, no, stop. Nobody, stop nobody pays any attention to a couple of lovers, and that's what we're. They'll. Everybody will think we are, and then they'll go away, and we'll go inside. Loretta, Loretta. Oh, Eunice. Have you lost your senses? Loretta, I am talking to you. Let go of me. So this is your mysterious friend. No, he's not. He's not my friend. He, he's Jack Crandall's brother, and he, he took me out here, and he was going to shoot me. What? Oh, oh, oh no. Hey, I, I was just putting you on. R- really, okay? Uh, hey, I, 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 I don't even have a gun on me. Look, you can search me. I was just, uh, hey, I, I was just having a little joke. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, see you around. Eunice, he meant it. He would have killed me. He would have... If you hadn't... How did you know where to find me? You're my responsibility, Loretta. I pledged to your parole officer that I'd see you were kept out of trouble. So I followed you in my car. Now, come on. We'll stop by the police station and tell them what happened. And then... Can we go home? Yes. Then we'll go home. Oh, thank you, Eunice. Thank you.
The Scene of the Crime. Tonight's offering on Crisis. The names of tonight's players and a word about next week's program after this message. Tonight, Crisis presented Pat French, Marilyn Fairbanks, and Neil Reese in Scene of the Crime. Written and directed for Crisis by yours truly, Jim French, with sound created by Jeff Thompson, engineering by Carney Barton, and production by Audio Recording Incorporated. Be with us next week when again we offer you Crisis. Crisis.